0: restaurant unstoppable episode 117 are you ready for it? it factors success stories failures and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge then join eric Cacciatori in today's
1: incredible guest as they share what it takes to become
0: unstoppable <laughs> We all know, to increase your odds of success, you need to increase your knowledge. With Audible.com, it's never been easier. Go to audibletrial.com unstoppable to get your free 30-day trial today. And become unstoppable. Uh, with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Chef Rick Ortiz. Chef, how are you today?
1: great. Doing well in Chicago. I wish it was a little warmer.
0: Oh, just hang in there, Chef. Spring is around the corner. So are you ready to make some restaurant dreams unstoppable? Yeah, I'm going to try to. (laughs) All right, let's do this. Uh, So Chef Rick Ortiz is the executive chef and proprietor of Antique Taco, located in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, The menu at Antique Taco reflects every kitchen he has worked in and experience from Kendall College and from his travels abroad. Uh, What really makes Antique Taco truly special is that it is the ultimate fusion of everything Chef Ortiz loves, from meaningful food to antiques and to working with, with his incredible wife, Ashley. So, I mean, I love what you guys are doing over there. Uh, and this is just a quick aerial view of who you are and what you're all about. Uh, I'm going to pass it over to you now, Chef, to kind of give us the big picture, starting with when did you know that this industry was more than just a job for you?
1: Uh, well, I started off pretty young. I you know took my first restaurant job when I was 15. And from there, you know, I, I was in every uh, – I did every aspect of the uh, – the, the restaurant, you know, from washing dishes to busting tables to, um, and quickly moving up on the line. I, uh, worked with a chef called David Summerfield, um, at Ruffle Feathers in Lockport, um, Illinois. And, uh, I don't know, I think he just saw that I had a knack for, I don't know, flavors, just seasoning, and he drew me on the line. Uh, <laughs> at the time, not much training, but, um, you know, I started really liking what, you know, the feedback people were giving me, they were, you know, very uh, appreciative, like saying, well, oh, this is great, food's been so good. And, um, you know, from there, I think that was just a little bit of motivation to, uh, you know, get get everything in line and then go to uh, culinary school at Kendall College uh, in Chicago.
0: Okay, awesome. So, yeah. And you've worked in some great restaurants since then. And uh, tell us a little bit now about uh, your restaurant Antique Taco, and you know what you're doing there, and what your vision for the future is.
1: Um, Well, you know it's always evolving. You know we're going on we're near three years, and um, we're soon to open up an event space above Antique Taco called the Guest Room. My uh, beautiful wife Ashley is heading spearheading that. And, uh, I'm just cooking the food. It's supposed to be fun. <laughs> and then, uh, we have Anti Tackle, which is growing. I mean, we have just a great customer base and tons of regulars. They come in, you know, on a daily, or sometimes, yeah, daily basis and, uh, yeah, come eat our food in the Wicker Park uh, neighborhood. And, um, things have been going great. Uh, we're, you know, building out some additional prep space in the basement and, uh, just growing, yeah, growing inside and growing. Oh, as well, so awesome. Uh, we've yeah, we've added to uh, some great people to the staff that are you know really you know owning you know our business here and you know our brand and taking it to the next level.
0: Great. Well, I feel like I have the big picture now of you and what you're about and what you have going on. Uh, we're gonna dive into the interview a little bit further now. We're gonna do that by having you get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling. You're gonna do that. By sharing a success quote or mantra, what do you have for us today?
1: I think that it's, um, you know, a lot of hard work mm-hmm. and a little bit of luck. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we have both. And we just have, uh, again, great staff uh, working with us. And we know, um, you know, we can't do it alone. Uh, it started with my wife and I with this idea. And it's just growing so much more. And, uh, yeah, we're just, you know, growing as well and trying to, you know include people you know, along the way that mm. uh, you know can make this even even bigger
0: mm, I love it um so hard work and luck, and it kind of reminds me, and I think it's Benjamin Franklin who said this that correction it was Thomas Jefferson. The, the harder I work, the more luck I seem to have. And I don't know if it's so much <laughs> the luck, brother. Is It is the hard work it seems you're, you're putting into this. And uh, hard work does pay off. So a uh, great little mantra to get this interview going. And uh, one thing I've learned through interviewing all these great people is that there's really no such thing as a great restaurant. And it's more about great people in restaurants that make restaurants great. So what is it? about Chef Ortiz that makes him great? What are your it factors? Uh, well,
1: I think that, you know, I've never taken shortcuts. You know, I pay attention to detail, um, you know, flavors. You know, I I have training, but I learn things, you know, just from cooking dinner at night and, you know, figuring out what works and what doesn't. Um I'm, yeah I just you know we're we we obviously expect a lot, but I feel like we give a lot too so even though we're we're serving casual food here at anti um all the steps go through it like a, you were eating at a fine dining restaurant you know, and we're preparing the food and purchasing the food all that is
2: is the same
0: awesome, I love it, so the if factors I got from that were um you know you don't take shortcuts you uh, do it the right way you pay attention to the details you have that incredible background and training and you give before you expect to get and i love that last one and it reminds me a lot of the book i read a few months ago called the go giver have you heard of that one chef
1: no i haven't but i'm i'm looking i mean yeah. i got I have a long list of books that i'm, I'm still trying to well, read, well so.
0: you're gonna have to add that one to your list because i think uh just listening to you i think it would really resonate with uh, how you seem to come off and uh, it's a great book but basically just talking about the more you give the more you do for others the more will get done for you and the more people will come to you and uh, that positive energy you put off will serve you in the long run. and I think that you mm-hmm. will sound like you're living proof of that
1: yeah I totally agree um, as far as you know just thinking that way and um, you know having a vision just to um, you know think of a bigger picture and um, yeah just you know growing so awesome
0: I love it I'm all in so uh, here at Restaurant Unstoppable, I've found that the best way for us to learn and the best way for you to paint the picture about your if factors is through a story. Uh, I think that's the, the one of the best ways we all learn. So can you take these if factors of uh, not cutting corners and uh, paying attention to detail, your, your training, and the fact that you love to give, uh, can you think of a story where those if factors really just shine through and take us down to the moment through the story of, of how these if factors helped you get to that next level?
1: I think that starting from day one, um, my well, in the beginning before we started antique Taco, my wife and I had uh, very good jobs, and um, I was a chef at Soldier Field, ran the fine dining unit there. She was in event sales prior at a, a, a business called Food for Thought, a catering company, and, mm-hmm. and she she was really good at what she did. Uh, we both we wanted to inspire ourselves a little bit more and uh, get things going, so we left our jobs, and then we went traveling for a few months. And, you know, along this way, you know, traveling, we were in Mexico, we were in um, London, we were in Paris, we were in uh, Italy. It was pretty obnoxious, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it was just our inspiration trip. And I think that, you know, from her and I have, from the beginning, we're, you know, we're not, we're not really scared, you know, to take risks. Um, but, you know, when we do them, we have a lot of follow-through. And we make sure that we take everything away from it. So we're constantly like, you know, traveling, um, you know, to find antiques or you know to see new see, see new things that people are doing. And we really um, take a lot away when we do those things. And I think that that's the part where it transcends into our restaurant mm-hmm. and the people we work with. We're able to tell them. You know, we saw it this way, or I think it would work a little better this way. So yeah. I think we're able to give that country- you know, definitely that contribution. But we, um, you know, we're, we're we're contributing with everybody. We're talking. We're getting through.
0: Chef, I feel like you're being like you're giving us great advice and great knowledge. Uh, I feel like you're being really aerial right now, and I want you to really dive into a specific time. You said you did a lot of traveling with your wife before you guys opened, and I feel like uh, that is kind of re- reflects your uh, not taking any shortcuts. You guys really put a lot of time and effort into getting that clarity about what you wanted to, to become. So, is there a part in that that trip that you had? Uh, can you bring us to a specific, you know, uh, time during that trip in this experience? in this journey, uh, a story in that journey where you learned something that helped you kind of develop that clarity and what you wanted to, to become?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we, we rented this little house called, um, it was Tres Casitas, and, you know, we had this little tree house. Um, what country the, were you in? The tree reading? house is called, uh, it was called San Miguel uh, de Allende, it's Mexico. It's, okay. Sort of more central Mexico, so just um, beautiful. Okay. You know, it's kind of a valley region and Spanish colonial style, so it was very um, just beautiful inside and out. And we, you know, we really um tried to, since we were there for quite some time, you know, she took weaving classes. You know, we both polished up our Spanish a little bit more. We took uh, a Spanish class. We were uh, going to the farmer's markets, yeah. um, and they have pretty nice farmer's markets. You know, you, you see a lot of street food in, in uh, their markets and you know they they don't eat generally any other way, so it it was really nice to see and um I have to so ask, we take these ingredients how, how did right. this
0: place make you feel um well it, wonderful, I think you
1: know, just based on the weather alone, I mean it wasn't like the humid part of Mexico, yeah. so pretty dry, pretty nice yeah um you know it was always just you know just the right amount of sun and uh yeah, it's not too bad you know and we had this little uh, place called Tien yeah uh Right down the street, and they did the tacos. Okay. And and um, we spent a lot of our time there because it wasn't—it was right, pretty much outside our door. And we walk there and you no, know, have a fresh squeezed margarita, and we'd have these tacos. And literally, you'd see you know them bringing in the product from mm-hmm. you know on, on, in the front door, yeah, and uh, going at it. And uh, nothing, nothing too fancy, nothing, um, you know, over the top or anything. Just really, really fun, nice, and. I think through that time, going to the farmer's market, bringing these ingredients back to our place, you know, we had a kitchen, we had a, like a rooftop that overlooked the whole city. It was, okay. I mean, it seems pretty, it sounds pretty glamorous, but it was, uh, they just, every house there has a rooftop. So we're, we are sitting up there and, you know, making our food, and, you know, my wife asked me, she's like, Rick, if you could, the plan was to always, you know, come back and open up something, and
2: All right. she said, if
1: you can cook any style of food, you know, what would it be, or what would you do now? And I said, tacos. You know, I think that I really can do something with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, you know, everybody, there's, you know, from your cheap tacos to your yeah. really high-end restaurants that are doing some sort of form of taco, I'm like, I'd like to bring this more on a casual level. hmm so, and, and offer great ingredients at you know a affordable
0: you know, price. So, awesome! That's exactly what I was looking for. You really brought us down to a moment. You painted the picture. I felt like I was sitting right there with you and your wife. And um, aside from the food, what was one thing that really you know stands out to you in this memory, uh, in this story that you wanted to recreate for your own restaurant? Wow, uh, it's funny.
1: You well, know, I think um, a lot. So you you walk through and these cobblestone streets Mm -hmm. you know you're it's very it's up and down you know you're (laughs) the roads are um you know at the same same time like kind of of treacherous they're you know beautiful and you don't mind Mm -hmm. it you're 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 pretty much hiking okay and um you know there's all these different doors Mm -hmm. everybody's door is a different color and they're most of them are hundreds of years years old Mm -hmm. and um you know the homes as well they're very, very old. And, you know, we would dip into these little um, antique shops, you know, and, and they had doors and they had other, you know, relics. And we started looking at them and say, oh, I, you know, I like this, like that. So I think, you know, the colors uh, alone from there, you know, just being kind of like the outdoor environment, being able to pop and have a great drink and a snack and go about uh, about your day, you know, awesome. and continue to, you know, hang out i love it so yeah i think that we've always been in you know we've been in the restaurant industry so long that we've did not take you know that time to do that, so I think that we, we really captured that and figured that. Well, you know, I think other people like this too.
0: Awesome, you know, I love uh, it. Yeah, and uh, thank you for but, being patient with me and letting me pry and pull back the layers. But uh, that's uh, you, you no gave problem. Me. I mean, you gave us exactly what we're looking for, and uh, I think uh, what we can take away from this story and these if factors is that uh, you don't take those shortcuts. Like you put the time in to, to you know discover what it is you wanted, and it's more. Than just a, a job for you, you know. You're trying to recreate that experience you had with your restaurant, and uh, you're you're trying to make people feel the same way you felt when you're in Mexico. And uh, just taking that extra, you know, time to do that research to to get that clarity is so valuable and so important. And uh, I want you to do the same thing for us now, Chef. Uh, I want you to take us to a moment, take us to a time, but on the opposite spectrum where you just failed hard on your journey, when you were opening your restaurant, something you did so wrong that you just felt hard on your ass. And uh, what did you <laughs> learn from this experience, Chef? Tell us, take us to the moment. Oh, wow. Um, well, we,
1: we opened up with a very limited budget. You yeah. know, we're, we're just opening. We found a place, opened up in two months, and even though we had an idea, now it was time to really put everything in place. Um, I think maybe we didn't give ourselves that amount of time, to actually prepare. So, in between, while well, as we open, we're learning and going through these things. Hey, everybody does, but I feel like we're very still in the beginning stages of yeah. our, our thought process and kind of putting them, you
2: know,
1: showing everybody what we had. But yeah. at the same time, it we just seemed like put out fires every day. Okay. So I think we lived our, our life kind of just in uh, some sort of controlled chaos where. Uh, we were getting by day by day and saying yeah. like, oh, how, how can I, how can I last the entire day? How can I open up at 7 a.m. and then, you know, close at midnight? You know? Okay. So, I got gotcha. you. Uh, so then, and so then, you know, then it comes in and clear, I like, can hire people. Yeah. Then you just start hiring people through the door. You know, as soon as they walk in, you give them a knife, give them an apron, you say, hey, go to work. And then you never really take the time to interview these people or actually, you know, get to know them a little mm-hmm. bit more, you know,
2: do, you know. Yeah, you know,
1: call references, things like that. So I think that in the beginning, what we did, even though everybody worked hard and maybe we didn't have the vision to, to, to explain to them or the time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, I they had a little bit of turnover, mm-hmm. you know, I had a quite good amount of turnover and um, I just, you know, kind of looked at that and I, I said, you know, I must not be asking the right questions mm-hmm. or, you know, giving them the right amount of training. Cause I mean, I think everybody's capable and, you know, we've kind of, in the past couple years, obviously, um, have started fine-tuning things and really developing, you know, a mission um, of what we want. And we, you also need people to kind of believe and buy into these same ideas. So I think that's what our, my first, you know, I would say my failure was just the whole hiring process. And even though I did it on a much broader scale at one time, I, I, did, I don't know if I did it the same way because I cared so much more and I was more passionate about everything more because it was my restaurant mm-hmm. and uh, it intensified things. So I think that, you know, maybe I expected a lot from people and I wasn't giving them the tools they needed.
0: So. Yeah. I mean, what, what I hear and what what uh, what you're communicating to me, and if I could just summarize, is that when you got started, like you had... Of kind of a, a, a little bit of a hazy vision of what you wanted to be, and you are still kind of discovering that clarity on what you wanted to become, but you weren't really communicating it very well to your staff, so you weren't really getting people on board from the beginning. Um, and then as you started to develop that clarity and grow personally, and you started writing down these missions, these visions, and your values, you started communicating that to the people that were coming on board, so now they had a purpose. Does that sound? Yes. Okay, awesome. Yeah,
1: that's, that, that's- that sounds great. great. Yeah, I should have you uh... <laughs> uh no,
0: I mean I I uh I, I was just paying attention man that's all I heard you say. I just want to make sure we're on the same page and it's incredible. Yeah,
1: no, that's and yeah, no, that's exactly. I think that, you know, the advice I could give is um, you know, number 1 is, you know, your, your, your staff and your frontline people and giving them what they need, um, to, you know, not only succeed, but give the customer a great experience. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And if they're unhappy, it's going to, it's going to show. Yeah. So the the idea is to really spend some time there and, you know, make that your focus.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to look over my shoulder and grab a book. I don't know. Hold on one second. I'll be right back. This is why editing. is great. Sure. Right? Okay. I'm back. Sorry. I don't know if you were talking to me. My earbuds were out. No, I'm good. Okay, so uh, the, what you're saying to me, uh, there's two books uh, I want to share with the folks at home. The first one is uh, Ari Weinswag's "A uh, lapse Anarchist Approach to Building a Great Business," and uh, he does an incredible job, uh, Ari Weinswag uh, of Zingerman's, helping people kind of go through the the motions of building a vision and a mission and how important that is. And uh, I know uh, Nick. Uh,
1: can, I, can I can I cut you off
0: real quick? Yeah, I'm, go I'm, for I it. Actually, I actually, I just met Ari last week. Oh, he's and, awesome. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, and um, my wife and I were at Singer Bin, so We were recommended, and um, we're definitely you know we're we're hooked. We're 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 taking a lot of things from that and applying it to our business. So we're definitely in our next stage of business, and yeah. that's you know fine tuning yeah.
0: things. Oh and, man. And making it, but,
1: I, you know, I just got the books, and like I said, I have a long list of books I'm trying to read, and I have all of them right now
0: that I, you know. Oh, uh, we'll we'll have to started. compare notes sometimes because this is my next, yeah. next uh, Talking Tuesday. I think I'm going to dedicate to this book, and I'm going to really dive into it. So, um, and yeah, uh, great guy, uh, incredible person to learn from, and uh, yeah, check out that book. Uh, and, uh, I mean, what you're saying to me, I can tell you just met him because I think, I feel like, uh, he rubbed off a little bit on you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And no, I think, you know, we've, I mean, we had a chance to meet him and, and we went, spent two days, uh, training with, um, some great trainers and he definitely, uh, you know, he hits the nail on the head and I think that, you know, everything is not going to be perfect mm-hmm. you know, at all. But, you know, if you really pay attention to, you know, the people and kind of, you know, flip the pyramid, per se, and kind of, you know, servant leadership and all that, and and, and you you go that approach, things start changing and, and things start uh, working out for you. We've we've t- taken a look at it. as soon as we got back, we were I sharing this stuff with people, and see. you know you, you've seen a you know small improvement right away.
0: I think we're going to have plenty of opportunities to dive into the details of what you're talking about as the interview goes sure. on. And uh, yeah, uh, incredible stuff. So I feel like I know you. Uh, we heard your it factors. We got your success story. We found out how you fell hard on your ass. And now you're going to drop some bombs mm-hmm. of knowledge on us, uh, and you're going to do that. It's this Kind of like a speed round, and uh, I'm just gonna fire some questions at you, and you're gonna give me your best answer. Great. All right, let's do it. The first question I have for you is: What is your advice on funding a restaurant?
1: Find a person with a lot of money and hope they believe in you.
0: Okay. <laughs> and how do you? Uh, no, that's <laughs> okay. That,
1: yeah, no, that's a, a short answer. But if you can do it yourself, I recommend it. But there's always going to be unforeseen costs in the restaurant industry, yeah. especially creating a new one. And the last thing you can do is, you know, put everything or somebody a family member's life savings mm-hmm. into it and not be able to uh, repay them. Um, just as long as everybody is in the same playing field, they know what they're getting themselves into. Um, you know, you laid down the the guidelines, and um, yeah, it should it could be a very good relationship, mm-hmm. um, especially when you grow. You know, you need to have some people with. Um, let's say um some some funds to be able to yeah uh, i want to say support your (laughs) your your passion
0: yeah great find
1: that person you know
0: awesome advice Um, yeah is there anything else you want to add to that before we moved on no Okay. okay great so the next question i have for you chef ortiz is what advice do you have for hiring good people and you kind of started to scrape the surface on this before uh why don't you take it a little bit deeper now
1: well, we always do a stash here at the restaurant, and anyone that's not familiar with that, that's just a working interview, mm-hmm. and it's, it could be a full day, it can be a few hours. Uh, generally, you know, um, right from the beginning, if someone has, um, you know, the capability, they might not have all the experience, mm-hmm. they might not have, you know, everything that you need at the moment. But if they have a great attitude, you know, you you, you can tell that they'll they'll learn and they'll they'll grasp it. So um as far as that we always do a stage um references i think that it's always great to feel comfortable to ask can Mm -hmm. i check these references and then people that say oh no you know you can't then you're probably better off just uh moving on
0: yeah awesome and when they do the stage is there one thing that you really look for one if you could like just narrow it down to one characteristic or aspect that you want to see what is it
1: um i like to see i mean even though the uh, Note taking. I yeah. like when people show up and they have a little booklet and they're you know jotting some stuff down. Mm-hmm. Um, if there is any downtime, they stay busy. I mean, you know, they're saying time to lean, time time to clean. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're if, if there isn't direction at that very second, you know, they're looking at coolers and mm-hmm. uh, seeing what can be consolidated or asking questions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, that's I think the number one thing, and you can tell that they're gonna you know fit in well and. They they have what it takes.
0: Great, I love it. So when you, That's where I started. Yeah. So when you find these incredible people who have that little extra drive to be taking the notes, to be doing all the right things, and they're a busybody, always cleaning, always doing the right thing, what do you do to keep them on your team?
1: Well, I think that a lot of times, like people automatically say, okay, oh, pay is the number, like the number one issue. Like, oh, you have to pay these people. Uh, I, I need a certain amount in order to work here, kind of thing. And I, I don't think that's it. I think that somebody that is really going to give it all is generally not always just looking for money. And everybody knows that the restaurant is mm-hmm. not the highest paying job. Yeah. But you know, you you don't take that approach. You really talk about you know what's in the future. Mm. I think like you know we we are growing. We have you know a lot going on and after a couple of weeks, they see the same thing, that you're always um, you know, pushing and trying to create something new, whether it's a special or a new way of doing something, uh, a new training. So I think that you know, people, people like to see that. They like to have a little guidance. And um, you know, we're, I think we're firm believers in, again, leading by example and um, showing them that there's a future here, mm. not just a job.
0: Awesome. I love it. And I mean, exactly. I mean, payment doesn't always have to be monetary. And I think uh, that's Mm -hmm. great advice. And if you uh, pay people in other ways, if you pay in their, their knowledge, their future, you invest other Mm -hmm. things in them, like your time, uh, you'll be very happy Mm -hmm. with the results. That's awesome advice. So my next question for you, chef is uh, on the topic of leadership. And you kind of, uh, mentioned a little about servant leadership before uh Mm -hmm. what what talk to us deeper what is servant leadership
1: again i'm i'm no pro at this and uh you can (laughs) read our books i forgot a little bit more but you know i'm learning i think based on what i've been taught in the past that was you know a brigade system and you know how part of my french but rolled out rolled downhill kind of thing Mm -hmm. and you know it's definitely a different approach where you know you look at it and you give the people and um from managers to supervisors to frontline people and to your customers um you know you flip the, the in reverse so you give them everything they need to mm-hmm. um uh succeed and um you know you're really putting them before yourself mm-hmm. that may sound hard and a lot of people are like well you know i'm not gonna get in the restaurant industry to put everybody before myself it's actually pretty rewarding and mm-hmm. I think that it's it's nice to see people come to work every day and be happy and that they're learning. They're you know, they feel part of something bigger mm-hmm. and it's more rewarding than, you know, just kind of beginning your day to day, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this, and all of a sudden start kind of I want to say not only delegating but sharing your responsibility mm-hmm. and giving them a little bit more uh stake in the you know in the day to day. They 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 appreciate that not only does it become you know, a little less off, pressure off you on a day-to-day basis, they're, you know, feeling much more involved. And, you know, it's not just, hey, how, how quick can I cut these carrots? It's why am I cutting these carrots? You know, what are they for? What are we going to do with them afterward? So it's just, yeah. Awesome. I, I hope I answered your question.
0: No, you absolutely did. You knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Oh, great job. About me if I, if I <laughs> keep on... Uh... No, you're good, man. Okay, got it. All right. The next question I have for you, Chef, is uh, one thing I've learned through all these interviews is one of the reasons why so many of my guests are so successful is because they're always learning and they're readers. They're always reading new books and learning from different books. Is there one book that you've read in your career that you think maybe was a game changer or is a must read uh, for anybody looking to get into hospitality, whether it's a a hospitality book or a business book or a personal growth book? What's one book you must read to be successful? Uh,
1: Number one, and... You know, this is way back when I am in culinary school. And for me, maybe I didn't take it that serious at the time, but then reverting back to it was just as simple as cost control. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe the book is called Cost Control. Okay. And I think a, number, a lot of people in business get into it not knowing their numbers. And the you know, all these things come up, it, it it becomes a little daunting, you know, when you need to figure out, um, you know, what's your food cost? Mm-hmm. What's your... Um, your yield percentage per se and it's just those basic you know formulas that you kind of revert back to you're like okay yeah i got it and then it makes it a lot easier um you know on everybody when you have those numbers in line just to you to know you're not just doing work for no reason you know at at that point you know we're here to sustain and you know build a profitable business and uh i think you know it's as elementary as that book i think and then um yeah, I That's it. But, I mean, honestly, my biggest reference, you know, haven't been books. It's been, you know, industry people, mm-hmm. like you're doing yourself, chefs. Um, I have a handful of chefs that I call on a regular basis. And, you know, sometimes I feel like, am I the only one that does this? <laughs> <laughs> am, am, am I annoying you at this point? But, you know, it's pretty crazy how happy they are to share it.
0: It's, you know, I mean, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, uh, that one of the reasons why people are successful in this industry and they got to where they are is because they, they are hospitable and they like to help other people and they care about the, you know, they, they care about those around them. And if you approach somebody who's successful in this industry, odds are they're going to help you because that's what's made them successful. So uh, mm-hmm. don't hesitate. And uh, yeah, I mean, everything you said, uh, you know, about the cost control, this is why this podcast exists because... They're people mm-hmm. who are passionate about food and about helping others, but they don't know enough about the the numbers, the cost control, and uh, they don't know mm-hmm. just that little stuff. And they, they don't know to go out and ask people for help. So uh, incredible right. advice. Thank you for sharing both those resources with us. And uh, if you guys are interested in that book, I'll have links in the show notes. This is episode 115, or correction, Will be one seventeen. Uh, so just go over to restaurantunstoppable.com dot com slash one seventeen. You'll find the links there. And uh, that brings us to our next question, Chef, which is on the topic of marketing. Uh, you coming into this restaurant? You're three years deep now. You're having great success. What has been your number one marketing, uh, you know, success? Um,
1: marketing. We actually have not. We haven't done. I'd say like much. Uh, actual marketing in a sense where we, it's been a lot of word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when we opened in the beginning, we weren't really sure what to expect, but we were lucky. We were we, we were pretty much busy from day one.
2: Okay.
1: Um, it, it definitely had its challenges by opening up a new business. And like I said, we, were, we weren't fully prepared, but we did. We made it happen. Um, and marketing, I think, in a sense, doesn't always have to be, oh, I need to get myself into this... Um, Add or, you know, I have to pay for this, I have to pay for that. I just think that, you know, putting yourself in the right position. I mean, we're lucky to go into Wicker Park for one thing. Uh, it was a growing neighborhood and, um, you know, a lot of people come here to eat, to drink, to shop all the time. It's, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool neighborhood. So as far as marketing, we didn't do a lot in the beginning, um, or, or even now, but what helped is that people started noticing our hard work, you know, our quality. I, I think going it. in, you know, they see antique taco and they see that it's, um, Oh, maybe they think first it's a taco shop, but then they come in and they see other things on the menu that maybe they weren't expecting, you know, in the, in the, uh, winter, fall run a lobster, uh, I'm sorry, a masa biscuit and lobster gravy, you know? So I think that, you know, just having a new, uh, fresh, uh, perspective on what Mexican food could be mm-hmm. um, is what people liked, and also, I mean, the charm of the place. Um, when people came in, and they started telling their friends, and then you know, you started seeing us, you know, pop up on Instagram and other things, Facebook at the time. Um, so social media has helped. My wife, you know, she does a lot of that, mm-hmm. and uh, that's been helpful. But I think most of all, um, our peers have been number one, mm-hmm. and they've kind of recommended, and so. Let's say the Cooking Channel came around, or the Food Network, or let's—we have a, be a local show called Check Please. You know, heard about us, and then you know that kind of changed things in the sense where people—we were on American Airlines um, uh, magazine, and so during the holiday, so it just all of a sudden, you know, we started getting a little bit not only local exposure, but some national. So when people came, you know, got off the airplane, they were coming to Antique Taco. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they came in, and, you know, they had we had oldies playing, and it was in your traditional taco shop. Uh, you know, it's a bit nostalgic at mm-hmm. that point, too. Yeah, And so we hit all, all gamuts, you know, from younger people to, you know, let's say more mature people. Uh, so it, it caught on. Um, mm-hmm.
0: it, it caught on. So, I could probably – you had a lot to say, and I think it was all extremely great advice. Um, I mean, if I could just try to summarize it, I would say hard yeah. work. <laughs> Two words. Yeah. Hard work. You guys just don't cut yeah, corners. Yeah, you pays off. And you, yeah, I mean, if you focus on being awesome, uh, people will talk about you. If you're great, people will do the work for you, and opportunities will come to you. And um, But I think sometimes people get so sidetracked on trying to do all these little marketing things when if you just – do what you showed up to do from the beginning and just focus on yeah. that. Uh, I mean, the rest will take and, care of itself. And,
1: and that's, and that's the thing too. It's like, it's constant. I mean, sometimes we have to remind ourselves mm-hmm. where do we get in this for and, you know, let's bring it back to the basics. And, mm-hmm. you know, and that's when, you know, where you see it, you know, you mm-hmm. see it in food, you see it in know, in people. And, um, I think that's number one. And, um, again, yeah, a little hard work goes a long way. I, you know, my model too is like, I like to overdo it or overshoot and then look at it and then streamline things
2: mm-hmm.
1: I love um, it, and figure. So, you know, you go above and beyond and then you figure out what really works for you and uh, for your
0: business. Awesome. Great. So the next question I have for you, chef is, uh, On the topic of technology, I mean, I feel like this industry is evolving faster than it ever has before. And there's so many things that we can do and implement into our restaurants to be more productive, to be more efficient, to be more profitable, and to, like you say, streamline uh, the systems, processes, and procedures. And a lot of times, technology is a a huge influence in that. So, is there uh, some type of technology? you're using, whether it's front-of-house, back-of-house, uh, you know, inventory inventory control, or maybe an app on your phone mm. uh, that you would just recommend?
1: Yeah. yeah. I, You know, we started using Chef Sheet, which is an inventory control, whereas, you know, uh, we set it up and got every, all the inventory in line, where now, you know, we have a, let's say, not only um, Phil, you know, he has a lot of roles, but, you know, one of the, his purchasing manager. And mm-hmm. not only back-of-the-house can – has to do these at this point you can kind of teach you know somebody in front of the house um how to get some of these things done and plus you know they they kind of know what's going on it's it's cross utilization they know what's going on back of the house and then what we do and and, you know try to get people uh comfortable with both ends
0: awesome Uh, there
1: is that what you said yeah yeah chef sheet has been helpful um on the cooking end you know i've invested in a cvap machine um and that is a uh a slow cooker per se but it, it it actually you can you know cook at lower temperatures and keep textures mm. so if we're making pork carne, it does you know it stays crispy on the outside and uh, moist in the center i mean you can even whole fried chicken crispy if you want it in there for a long amount of time so i think like you know on, on from the equipment side uh like cvaps you know that you can you can cryovac uh you know, a short rib with marinating in it and cook it. full, cook it in there. And then all you have to do is cut the bag and, you know, you're ready to go. But no, CVAP has been good. I'll play a place thing called Chef Sheet we're using. There's always ways to improve in yasting. I think technology is a big part of it. Um, being able to track things and, um, you know, yeah, and it's and the thing, like, we still have, we have a micros machine and, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's smaller tablets. There's things you can use now that are, um, a little lighter per se and they still run you know the same amount of reports but i think a lot of people don't use those you know those mm-hmm. reports those day-to-day so they are helpful so we try to go back and and review things and see you know what we sold what, um, did,
0: what do you use to generate those reports uh we have micros
1: okay so yeah as far as yeah micros is a company and i that is I mean, they've been around for forever, like Aloha and a couple other.
0: You're you're giving some incredible answers, and uh, I'm just digging deeper and deeper, and I'm going to almost wrap it up uh, with this question. But if your uh, wife were to answer this question, what would she say the best thing, the best technology you're using is? She, um, wireless printing.
1: We went from (laughs) one one computer everybody shared to four different computers, and now they're all on wireless printers. And mind you, this is after three years. Yeah. And we've, uh, somehow just kind of came up to times with that, but it's been, it's been like changing around here. Awesome. Uh, the, and, uh, we've built an office above Antique Taco since then. And, uh, our, yeah, we are, we are Mac heavy over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, no, but I think that all jokes aside, I think that, yeah, uh, social media, I think on her end, you know, this you know, Instagram, you know, and we've been told that, what she does is, is, is she seems to be very effective. You know, we are not overdoing it at the same time. You know, we just keep people top of mind. And it's funny because you know, when people start getting hungry at, you know, lunchtime, you don't tell them at lunchtime You tell them earlier on mm-hmm. what we're offering that day. Exactly. And so like, oh, you got to let it that. sink in. You know?
0: Yeah. There's a lot to it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You want, you want to, you want to do it at the right time. Um, so she, she's dealing a lot with social media and then obviously our website, she's been working so hard on that for the guest room up above and you know getting you know, menus on there and just making it easy for people to navigate and hear about us and see what we do rather than consistently telling them the same thing over and over on the phone. You know so, yep. it takes a lot of time.
0: Great stuff. Yeah, there's so so many little things you can do and time is the one the constant variable that we all have to you know deal with. So if you can learn how to leverage time better than your competition and you're being more effective, spending more time with your customers, spending more time on improving your restaurant, um, that's what can be a game changer. And that's why I really drive this question to the dirt because, you know, it's just those little things you can do every second counts in efficiency and productivity. So right. awesome stuff. Right. You've been great. Um, the next question, and we're almost done is uh, what, Is your best business advice? If you could go back in time uh, to three years ago when you were just opening your restaurant and you could give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be?
1: Well, the best piece I would say what I've learned um, the most is the the people involved. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, again, I, I think we've done so many things really well. And uh, there's things that we need to improve on um, every day. And I think that just, you know, giving people the tools that they need is is number one. Mm-hmm. And if that means from a Vita prep, which is a blender, to, um, you know, a training outline of how to close up at night mm-hmm. um, is the number one thing. Because you can't do it all yourself. And that's wow. the thing you try to do as a business owner. You want to do everything yourself. And you find out very quickly, Uh, it took me, you know, a year and a half or so, but uh, you find out that you can't do it, Mm -hmm. and you want to do other things. Um, We had a daughter, you know, in between, um, Scout, you know, she's born now, Mm -hmm. and, you know, those things count. You know, you have to spend time. You have to Mm -hmm. make sure that you're able to be available. And um, that's uh, just really set yourself up so you can walk away uh, for a night, a day, and feel comfortable with the people you have in charge. And, or... Yeah, man.
0: Um, and one thing I, I just want to point out, and a lot of the reasons why I think a lot of people aren't successful, and one of the reasons why you are su- successful and will continue to be successful is, people who don't make it in this industry have a, a bad habit of pointing fingers when things aren't going good. Yeah. They uh, they say it's because of this, but it sounds like you do something about it, and you uh, you set up those systems, those checklists, like you mentioned, and like you make it right, and you do what you can. T- uh, you take ownership when you weren't having when you had that you know that turnover. Like, you did something. Mm-hmm. You didn't say it's not, it's not, you know, like, you didn't say it's them, but you said it's me. And what can I do to be mm-hmm. better? And I think that is a yeah. very valuable thing uh, we can learn from you in, in this interview today. So thank you so much uh, for all of your incredible advice. And uh, those are all the questions I have for you. Uh, is there one question I could have asked you that would have made this interview better?
1: No, I think you, you nailed it, man. You're great at <laughs> uh, what you do. Thank but you I very much. I'm blushing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I think, you know, we're, we're always, um, the same thing. I, I I ask our staff just per se if they didn't accept the job. I try to call them and say, "Hey, what what was the reason you didn't come on?" Or you know, was it money? Was it you know the way we were leading or the way we were? And just getting that feedback helps as well. Mm-hmm. That way you can you know change it up. And I'm not saying that's what you need to do, but uh, <laughs> I was saying like that's what you know we do in our end is you know. I'm glad you're asking those questions. Thank you, man.
0: Uh, yeah, awesome. Thanks. Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up now, and we do that by having you call somebody out. Who's one restaurant professional you admire, somebody you look up to that you think would make a great guest on the show? Oh, wow. I, actually, that, I, should, have, I should have thought of this question. You, you can't say Ari <laughs> Wineswag, because I already hit him, so you have uh, to think of no, somebody no, else. No, no, no. <laughs> that guy, yeah.
1: He's, I, I brought him up briefly. He's, he's funny. Um, I think, wow, this is a hard one.
0: Take like, it to did,
1: Tom, did, did Tom Walter have to uh, call you back
0: on this, or he, did I <laughs> no? Uh, right you were at the tip of his tongue, my friend. That's amazing. That's cool. <laughs> you
1: know, and I have so many people that I was thinking that I'm trying to make, uh, you know, something in front of the house. Um, oh, I mean, if you can get them on the phone, it would be Rob and Kevin from Boca Group. Rob and Kevin from Boca Group. Yeah, Rob, Rob Katz and Kevin Bowen. They have one of the most successful restaurant groups in Chicago. They are. Let's say you know geniuses at what they do, <laughs> okay. and you know they they're, they they are very not only they're very chef driven, so they partner with chefs
2: mm-hmm.
1: and create these things. But as far as design and their experience, I, I think they're. Um, and yeah, and I, I personally know them, so I think hopefully they'll they'll they'll, they'll be available. If not, I can name. Them. A few more people.
0: All right. Well, i gonna be pretty persistent. So uh, we'll do what we can to get Rob and Kevin on the show. And uh, thank you so much uh, for thank taking you. the time to, you know, share your knowledge with us. Uh, before we wrap it up, I just want to give you the opportunity to speak to some people who might be looking for a mentor, somebody who's in Chicago who listens to the show, who maybe can come work for you. So how can we connect? And uh, if you want to give them one last little plug for yourself, uh, go ahead. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, we're, you can email me at Taco at gmail.com. Um, or you can, um, you know, come visit us, stop by anytime. My door is open. Uh, we're at 1360 North Milwaukee Avenue in Wicker Park. I can get my cell phone out. My cell phone out.
0: <laughs> just yeah, start there. I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, keep in mind, too, this just, I mean, one of the things we learned on the show is that you, if you are in this industry and you want to be successful, you never stop being a student. So, uh, oh, it, this isn't, that. this question just isn't for, you know, people that are in school or people who are coming out of college. It's for anybody who might have a question that might have you know, go that might go a little bit deeper on what uh, Chef Ortiz was talking about today. So, shoot Chef Ortiz an email. Uh, he, you know, he's one person who does this himself and he, he reaches out to people. So, I have a feeling he will not dodge you if you uh, shoot him a question or two. So, uh, thank you so much. No, Chef. You're welcome, man. To check out everything we discussed in today's episode, just head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com. Rick Ortiz and all the links to all the services and books we discussed will be right there. Um, You've been incredible. There's no questioning. You are unstoppable. (laughs) Thank you, Eric. (laughs) All right. Thank you all for joining us today here at Restaurant Unstoppable. If you guys found value... In today's episode, and you want more episodes just like this, you can help me out simply by shooting me an email at eric at com and tell me who you think would make a great guest on the show. I will do everything humanly possible to get them here to share their stories and their advice with us, or just simply tell me what you think the show is missing, what can make it better, and I will listen to your advice, and I will do what I can to Make this show the best it can possibly be. Lastly, keep those five star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. They're helping so much. Thank you so much if you guys have left reviews. Uh, you have no idea uh, how far that goes. Alright, guys, until next time, peace out.